Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Active's users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe P. Zafia, and today... We're going to talk about the running back tiers. That's right. We're going to take Derek Brown's rankings, Andrew Erickson's rankings, see where the differences lie, have conversations about those players, and make you smarter and your life better for those conversations. Of course, we're always doing it here on our YouTube channel. Fantasy Pros, of course, has a lot of subscribers, but if you haven't already, we want you to be one of them. Click that little bell to let go. Ding. Subscribe to Fantasy Pros' YouTube channel. And don't forget, when you do, we're giving away free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. This time we're giving away a signed Christian Kirk Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. It is glorious. It's courtesy of bettingpros.com. Subscribe there where you can hear me talking NFL betting this season. Five days a week, maybe six, maybe seven. It depends on how much they let me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be there over at Betting Pros. So I want you to be there too. But all you have to do to win this Christian Kirk jersey is subscribe to Fantasy Pros channel comment below like the video that's it that's all you got to do sounds pretty easy to me so go do that and you could win this christian kirk jersey again brought to you by betting pros and turn on those notifications so you know every time a piece of content drops here on the channel and this content gentlemen is going to be hot today we're going to talk about these ranks we're going to have some debates about them and let's start with the s tier the superlatives the greats of the great and in the s tier of course no surprise Derek brown ha- Derek brown has tony pollard or should i just call him uh, Derek Pollard for the rest of the show, potentially. <laughs> uh, he is at the top. Bijan's at two. Austin Eckler, CMC. Your grouping, though, at S is bigger because after Nick Chubb, you've got Derek Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon in there as well. But it's Henry, Stevenson, Taylor, and Jacobs I want to talk about. We'll take them one at a time because, Erickson, you don't have any of those guys in your S tier they're all between the A and B tier for you. So let's start with Derrick Henry, because I think this is a really important one. Derrick Henry, Andrew, we know the volume's going to be there. We know the offense still runs through him. We know he's a freak of nature. It is a very difficult thing at this point to gauge what his 2023 value is, because last year, that Tennessee Titans offense was so bereft of talent and had so many injuries to boot. So are you knocking down... Derrick Henry this year based on what you think the Titans are going to be this year 
or what your fear of Derrick Henry has left in the tank after so much volume the last few seasons? I think it's a combination of a couple of those different things where, I mean, their offensive line sucks. Like it's PFF's 32nd rank offensive line. Nicholas Petit-Friere is suspended, who is supposed to be a starter for the first six games. Like there's a picture when you're looking at Derrick Henry's outlook this year where it's pretty easy to see where he fails because, okay, he's only getting volume and let's say he's not as efficient. Like his efficiency has gone down. His rushing yards per game were the lowest last year since 2018. Now, he did make up for it as a receiver, but is that going to happen now that you insert DeAndre Hopkins into the lineup? Traylon Burks is taking a step into year two. They have Chigakonkwo as a tight end that we're kind of excited about as a late-round option. Like, the receivers are better than they were last year. So that in itself means to me, at least suggests that I don't think Derrick Henry's going to have this massive role as a receiver. So again, I think it's really more you're hoping that he holds on to all that volume. I just see a lot of scenarios where it could finally bottom out with Derrick Henry. It hasn't happened so far, but it's going to happen eventually at some point. And why would it not happen this year with a terrible offensive line, with quarterback questions, and an offense that, are we excited about the Titans? Are we like, oh, you got to draft all Titans players? Probably not. So I'm just trying to be more cautious with my Derrick Derrick Henry ranking. I think that when he falls to the back end of round two into round three and half PBR, I think I'm more likely to take him. But I am no way reaching to draft Derrick Henry as, oh, like, this is my guy this year. That's not how I view Henry. Derrick Brown, your Ferrer is anything but petite. Uh, I want to talk about <laughs> Derrick Henry here for a second, if I may. 349 attempts last year. Uh, obviously, two years ago, missed a significant time in 2021. The year before that, 378 carries, 303 the year before. So some massive workloads. And Erickson brings up some great points here about the offensive line, but he also brings up a great point of how much do we want to invest in this offense. But you are closer to the consensus because looking at the consensus, they have him right now in half point PPR as the seventh guy overall. And again, you can see this at fantasypros.com slash rankings. Look, when you're looking at Derrick Henry right now, I mean, as long as the volume is there, it's not like this offense has ever been elite level anyway. Do you still, obviously from your ranking, believe that there's enough volume regardless of the quality, the quantity makes up for it? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think the volume is going to be there, and I'm a little bit higher on this offense than Erickson is. I understand the offensive line concerns, but we're also talking about that was a broken offense last year. You had Malik Willis out there, and there was no threat of the pass at all. Now we have, and plus, broken down receivers. Everybody was hurt. Who is Ryan Tannehill, even when he was under center last year, throwing the ball to? Now you've got Traylon Burks in his second year. He doesn't have to be the unquestioned one. He could sit here and get lesser coverage and stuff on the outside and play inside as well some. And all that the CB1s are going to roll over to DeAndre Hopkins. And we have Chig is in, in his second season. This honestly is arguably the best skill position players that Derrick Henry's ever been surrounded. That's ever been on this offense with him in it. So the offensive line is a concern, but if this offense is better and they're in scoring opportunities more then I think Derrick Henry is going to be perfectly fine. And while some of his metrics fell off guys, he still had 3.6 yards after contact per attempt last year, not elite, like insane numbers that we've seen from yesteryear of Derrick Henry, but that's still really damn good. And his PFF rushing grade was still extremely good as well. So I think that the cliff is coming. I don't think it's here yet for Henry, though. All right. Now, you've got Jonathan Taylor ranked right now in that S tier as well. He is the eighth guy for you in tier S. Uh, looking overall in Fantasy Pros rankings, you've got him. Uh, they've got him as the sixth running back overall in half PPR in the ECR. Uh, Erickson, obviously, a little bit different here. Now, that could also be because of the circumstance, but 
Erickson still got him as an A-tier guy, but not in the super elite area. So I guess all this has to do is confidence here, right, Derek? Because we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, who at times when he was healthy last year looked great. He's only one season removed from the RB1 overall status. I understand there's a lot of questions going into this season with the Colts, but I guess the biggest question looming is, how do you value a player with uncertainty with his contract, uncertainty with the status of his team? And do you have to adjust that now because of this lingering uncertainty over the next few weeks? I mean, as we're sitting here right now recording this, I'm going to sit here and embrace the risk because in drafts and stuff, you're going to get Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs to sit here and fall. And I'm going to lump them together because same kind of concerns, same type of workloads we're looking at. They're going to be the unquestioned guys in their backfields. So both of these guys, I'm not pushing them down yet. Is there a ton of risk here? Yes, it is. It is. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and shy away from that. But if we're not willing to embrace the risk, then we're going to miss out on possible values because all it takes is one headline tomorrow. Josh Jacobs signs a one-year deal because we were just here with Saquon Barkley. And then he ended up signing a contract for 900 grand more than what the franchise tag was. So while both of these situations do not look good right now, we could be talking about totally different situations in the next week or two. And if people are doing early drafts, they're going to get values on both of these guys and be able to build teams that honestly, you probably shouldn't be able to build. Well, that's the tricky part, right, Andrew, because of the rankings. We're talking about where guys we think might finish, depending on what their talent is, and then also trying to understand, are these the players necessarily that might come at a value and you're getting a talent at a value, which is what Derek's talking about here. So the farther these guys fall, especially a guy like Jonathan Taylor, and we can even loop Josh Jacobs into this too, because both these guys, Andrew, you have knocked out of that tier, which I can only assume is based on their status and trying to figure out where they are. Are you somebody, Andrew, right now that is taking advantage of that, or are you shying away from the discounts you're getting right now with the uncertainty? Well, for Jonathan Taylor specifically, I think that he is a value. If he falls into like round three, like that's where I'd be willing to take him, and that's reflected to where I have him in the tier ranking. Like so when I look at S tier, like that's supreme ranking. That means I have no reservations about the player what whatsoever. So okay. that's why I've been more selective with my. And you're saying it has to go all the way to the there. third round to to really embrace that risk for Taylor. Yeah, because Taylor wow. had okay. risk even with Anthony Richardson as a quarterback. Like that offense could be horrible. How look at the Colts' win totals. It's not good. <laughs> like you want this guy who doesn't catch a lot of passes. If he's going to score a lot of touchdowns, the offense is going to have to score points, which leads to wins. But Vegas doesn't think the Colts are going to win a lot of games this year. I personally don't think they're going to win a lot of games either. This season is all about. Can Anthony Richardson be our guy? And having Jonathan Taylor in the fold, I think, is a boost for Richardson. You want to have your best player on offense. So ultimately, I think that he does return to the Colts at some point. And then there's the other layer of maybe he gets traded to a contender. So I still like those paths of upside with Jonathan Taylor, but there is still a lot of risk involved if he stays on the Colts. They bought him out or he just gets banged up. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not going to play through these injuries. So I'm just going to, oh, sorry, I can't go this week. So, but for me, I still like Taylor in round three. Josh Jacobs, though, I, I I just don't really want Josh Jacobs. Like, the planets aligned for him last year, and this, the, look, look at the guys that have led the NFL in touches year over year. None of them finishes RB1s, or they hardly ever do the next season. It's just everything worked for Josh Jacobs. There was reasons why we were fading Josh Jacobs last year. Ultimately, we were wrong for that, fading him to, like, the seventh and eighth round, but he has some flaws and red flags in his profile. So it's not... Completely, we can't just completely forget about the things that we had thought last year. Yes, we have adjusted a little bit, but 
I think that Zamir White would have a bigger role in this offense. Like, why are they going to give the ball to Josh Jacobs a million times? Again, Zamir White's entering year two. Josh McDaniels is notorious for not using rookie running backs at all. Well, now those guys aren't rookies anymore. And Josh Jacobs has talked about if they're going to sign him to a long-term contract, he probably doesn't want to be used up. But last year, it made sense because he was playing on a one-year deal or on the last year of deal of his contract. So for me, Jonathan Taylor is the guy I want to buy in round three. And Josh Jacobs, I'm, I'm still, he's, he's got to be cheaper for me than round three. Well, that, that I understand. I understand that Jacobs won too because of some of the red flags. But again, it, Josh Jacobs fell so far to me in a couple drafts. I didn't want him. I took him. I ended up winning some championships off of Josh Jacobs. And that's why you still should price and force. Don't let some of these guys fall too far. I got to say, Andrew, one thing that surprised me, and I know it's a little nitpicky, but I'm going to pick the nits anyway, because you have Stevenson in the A tier. And Debro has him in the S tier. And you're talking about a guy who dominates the backfield for the New England Patriots, a guy who had 69 receptions last year, a guy that is going to get some positive touchdown regression or whatever the heck we're going to call it nowadays. Why isn't Stevenson in that superlative tier for you? Why isn't he super elite right now? Why is he in that next grouping for you? Because all the planets are aligned for him to have a much better season than he had last year. And last year was the makings of a really good positive uptick for him anyway. Because they could still sign Dalvin Cook. Like, that's still in the range of outcomes with Ramondre. And that, that and you cannot tell me that he's still an S-tier guy if they have Dalvin Cook on the team. Okay, like, so the minute he signs, let's say he's a Miami Dolphin tomorrow. Then he's in the S-tier. There you go. Then he's in the S-tier. Okay, that's that's good. That's all I wanted to hear. Can we get the I real out there, though? Me. Can we get the real out there? The real sure. about this is that Love Erickson saw how sculpted Ty Montgomery was, and he's like, I don't yeah, want any he, part no, of Andre. and then Ty Montgomery yeah. immediately got hurt. Ramondre <laughs> goes down in the ranks and he gets hurt. He goes right back up. <laughs> uh, Ramondre is that guy, but I understand the Dalvin Cook looming situation and, is going and to have an effect Dalvin on some of these Like it's not. I understand. Zeke, not Zeke, Zeke don't care. Right. Like Zeke is dust. Like, but Dalvin Cook is not, in my opinion. I can see right now Ryan warmly making a, a thing that says Andrew Erickson right on Instagram. Zeke is dust, <laughs> and then I'm sure all these comments below is going to happen. All right, now another guy too as we move on to the A tier. You've got Cam Akers, D-Bro, as the first guy in the A tier. And I've been taking a lot of Cam Akers because he's falling in that fifth, sixth, seventh round. That range that we talked about is how good for running backs, how, how much beneficial, uh, how, how beneficial, I should say, it is for people to take somebody like a Cam Akers or some of these other guys that are falling to that range because the upside is really high and the risk is really low. You've still got him in that B tier, Erickson. But D-Bro, I want to talk about the A tier upside of Cam Akers. Now, I think you've got him aggressively ranked over mm -hmm. some guys like Aaron Jones who've done it before and some other guys that, you know, might have a little bit more PPR upside. But regardless, did you see enough, obviously, last year in what Cam Akers finished like that you think with Stafford healthy and Cooper Cup, hopefully, fingers crossed, healthy, that Akers might well outperform that ADP? Because that's what your ranks are telling us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, what... What I don't understand is we've seen Akers perform at an RB1 level to close the season. And I know we've seen this before, and I know that people have been burned before. But my whole thing is that now you have Cam Akers walking into a contract year. Matthew Stafford's going to be back. This offensive line is going to be healthier, and they added to it in the draft, as well as Cooper Cup. Like, yes, okay, well, fine, we're worried about Cooper Cup injury and stuff. But this entire offense is going to be better than it was when we saw Cam Akers performing as an RB1 last year. And there's nobody here that's going to take work away from him. Get away from me with Zach Evans and Kyron Williams and what have you. Cam Akers was playing an unquestioned workhorse back role down the stretch. Now we could say that he's going to be in a better offense. Now where you want to 
float that, you know, better is up to you, but it is going to be a better offense this year. Then why can't he just roll right back into being an RB one? Like he was down the stretch at that much farther away from the Achilles injury. All right. Now, Andrew, you've got him in the B tier, but you've got him over guys like Joe Mixon. So I think that's something worthy of discussing. I know you're a little, you're stingier when it comes to greatness, you know, because look, you're old and cranky and, and that's part of your MO. It's kind of your bag. So I get that. You're, you're not really giving out participation <laughs> trophies here in your rankings. Now, when you're looking at the rankings here with Cam Akers and Mixon, if you're talking about offensive ecosystems, well, the Bengals are far better. Um, they certainly showed you towards the second half of the year or two, that offensive line played better. Why Akers over Mixon, who has a much bigger body of work and plays in a better offense? I'm just out of curiosity why that rank exists. Well, I mean, they're ranked because I have to have linear rankings, but they're like the thing about, and this is why we do the tier show, like they're in the same tier because I view them very, very similarly. Like one day I think mm -hmm. I like Mixon more or what's the format going to be like, and then one day I like Cam Akers more. But when I think about it, it's like Mixon, you know, was really boomer bust last year. Like he had that one big game and basically did nothing otherwise. He, he had three top 12 finishes last year and half PPR, including that one game against Carolina, which again, which we, we don't remember, but Jamar Chase didn't play in that game. Like mm -hmm. that's going to fluctuate Joe Mixon's touchdowns when Joe Burrow just wants to drop back to throw it to Jamar Chase instead of giving the ball to Joe Mixon, who may or not end up scoring a rushing touchdown. So you got to keep that in mind. But Cam Akers, I love what he did at the end of last year, but he's never put together a full season of fantasy production like ever. Joe Mixon has done it multiple years and I get his efficiency wasn't great, but Cam Akers had like zero efficiency at the beginning of last year. So he was only good during the last six weeks and that was it. And he sucked in the beginning of the year. So you can't, you can't, you can't just like use his splits and then use the bad splits for Mixon when Mixon's body of work is mm -hmm. so much greater than Cam Akers. And you also have Selective to factor in statistics. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to also factor in Akers also goes so much later than Joe Mixon does. So that's why I have them so closely ranked. I do like Akers more just because of where he usually goes going in drafts, like round six, Cam Akers. I just, I think that's such a great value for him where Joe Mixon in round four, I'm less, I, I'm more in line with ADP there with him as an RB 15, where Akers, I like a lot more in round six. One of these things like why draft Mixon in round four when I can get Cam Akers in round six, which is why I have him in the same tier. Love that. And what you're saying to me is that some people in this community of fantasy sports, they cherry pick certain stats only to, uplift their own arguments on a player is that what you're saying is that <laughs> obviously everyone does it and you never heard of that i never i never, never realized people yeah. did that all right <laughs> i want to talk about another guy here on this list aaron jones aaron jones has done it aaron jones is probably going to do it again aaron jones is in the a tier for d bro but for you erickson you've knocked him down all the way to the b tier now i understand you're having a big downgrading quarterback i get that but along with that downgrading quarterback, I think theoretically one might also argue to the other point where you're looking projection wise, hey, there's going to be a lot going on in this backfield because you have to support this quarterback who's still pretty green. How come you don't see enough of that trade off in terms of maybe a little bit more volume, maybe a little bit more focus on the run game? And maybe that for you at all can it counteract the downgraded quarterback play? Well, for me, it's because Aaron Jones doesn't have the red zone role on his team. Like AJ Dillon has been the red zone back for the past two seasons at the end of the year. So I get that Aaron Jones is super efficient. He's used as a receiver and that's where he adds value as a running back. You draft in fantasy, but I think his ceiling is limited based on the offense environment he plays in and based on AJ Dillon also entering a contract year. You know, would it surprise anyone if AJ Dillon has more carries than Aaron Jones this year? 
or has more touchdowns than Aaron Jones this year. So if that happens, like how good is Aaron Jones actually for your fantasy team? And yes, he's been super efficient. Is that going to just continue as he gets older? Like guys don't get more efficient as they get older. I get he's still not an older running back, but at the same time, is it going to be five yards per carry? Is it going to be 4.5 yards per carry this year? Is it going to go down a little bit? And then those are the margins that I'm looking at. It's like, oh, well, Aaron Jones wasn't as good as he was last year because he got another year older, because they use A.J. Dillon more, because Jordan Love was the quarterback. I just see the scenarios where it's like, why should I be super excited about drafting Aaron Jones as an A-tier running back? I know he was good last year, but this is this year. And I think we need to adjust expectations based on the 2023 outlook of this Packers offense. Again, he's someone that, I see more value in PPR formats because he could lead the team in targets if we don't see these wide receivers step up in Green Bay. But in half PPR where you need touchdowns, AJ Dillon's going to score more touchdowns than Aaron Jones. Like I feel pretty confident about saying that. All right, uh, and if you uh, obviously feel confident about um, you know looking for your fantasy options out there, I might suggest you try Fantrax because. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, and they offer the greatest fantasy experience, whether it be dynasty leagues, redraft leagues, keeper leagues, best ball leagues even. They even have best ball over Fantrax. A lot of people still don't even realize that. You can create uh, and join a fantasy football league, uh, use that commissioner tool that they have, invite your friends, and dominate the drafts this season. Or you can even take over your existing leagues, bring them over. A lot of people don't realize how easy that is to do also. Uh, and you can even go deep with the Ultimate Keeper and Dynasty Leagues, create simple redraft leagues. All of it's there. All of it's customizable. And Fantrax right now has free NFL Fantasy Football League Manager, and it's the most customizable tool you're going to find out there compared to any other host site. It's easy to use, and it's got lots of cool features on the platform. So if you're coming for another service, Fantrax can import your old keeper rosters, your old histories, all that stuff. And if you have a trade go wrong and you're the commissioner or somebody makes a mistake dropping a player, which we all know that happens and it's a headache, the Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. That's all you have to do. It's among the most trusted names of fantasy sports since 2008, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, hockey, college basketball, college football, soccer, golf, NASCAR even. They got everything. And if you're thinking you want to upgrade your fantasy experience and make it easier to manage the fantasy leagues, Fantrax has got it. So, Right now, I want you to go to Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. Again, that's Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. Upgrade today. Go and move your leagues to Fantrax. Or if you're starting a league fresh, go play them over at Fantrax and take advantage of the best, most customizable tools on the planet, Fantrax. And right now, I mean, obviously, for my experiences over there, too, it's so great to be able to, to run some of the leagues over there. And also, I've been able to really create some cool quirks in the leagues and it's way more, I would say, openly customizable. So if you have certain wrinkles you want to throw in there, certain schedule things you want to do. I've been in Roto Football Leagues there with IDP. Crazy stuff. Fantrax allows you to do all that and all the simple stuff too. So again, Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Uh, I want to talk about Damian Pierce next. Because, Debro, Damian Pierce, I think, is going to be a polarizing guy this year. Last year, we were on him because he was a value. He looked good for a while. Then he hit that rookie wall. We've talked about that before. But right now, you are looking to jump right back in on Damian Pierce. Because Damian Pierce, for you, is a guy that you've got as the third player in your A tier. Uh, looking at Erickson's rankings here for uh, Damian Pierce, much different. He's got him all the way at the back end of the B tier, obviously because of that offense. So, you got to sell me here a little bit on Damian Pierce. Uh, is it just you're completely not afraid of Devin Singletary, or you think Pierce, with any upgraded pieces around him, which he's going to have, becomes an infinitely more fantasy valuable player? Because that's what your rankings are telling us. I mean, what has gotten worse for Damian Pierce this offseason? Nothing. Nothing. Like That's fair. Quarterback's better. Offensive line's better. They've addressed that. And the pass catchers, we could but say better like, or good. I guess that's the question. I, I disagree. It's not better, but is it I good? I disagree. Devin Singletary is better than any other Jaguars running back or a Texans running back that Pierce was fighting for competition okay. last year. And that's Am fine. And Damian Pierce is still better than him as an yeah, NFL but it's, talent. But the, the gap is not the same. Like Rex Burkhead, Derry Agumawale, these guys are okay. bent. Like these guys aren't even on teams. Devin Singletary was the leading ball carrier for the Buffalo Bills for multiple seasons. And they didn't bring him back. Why, Erickson? Because, because the Texans paid him more money. Because he's not right. that well, good, the structure, of, the structure yeah, of teams it, that overpaid It's not how, how good he is. It's how much better he is than the other Texans running backs that were on the team last year. Like, yeah, but well, making a bet on talent with Damian Pierce, are you not? Like, all these players were drafted. We're drafting <laughs> on their talent. And if Damian uh -huh. Pierce is that talented to get work, which is what we're talking about here, he's going to produce with it. And the entire situation has gotten better around him. We're literally talking about a guy like, yes, the backup is better than it was last year, but the starter is still better than the backup. So he's going to start and he's going to get all the work. Dean, explain this to me. Uh, 
you said it's everything what's worse and everything is better. You're, you're right. Yeah. But is it good? That I think is the question we have to ask ourselves. And or more importantly, is it good enough for you to have him right now ranked above J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon, even Najee Harris, which to me, that's the one that's a big giant outlier to me. Like there's no way I'm not putting Najee Harris, who has a better improved offensive line over Damian Pierce. I understand the quarterback situation still in flux there also. But we're talking about a guy who, you know, showed you a better college career, showed you already at the NFL level. He's really capable of having some very good fantasy seasons. I know last year was a disappointment. I think that's where I struggle. Not that I think Damian Pierce hasn't, doesn't have a better situation, but not a better situation than Damian Harris. I think uh, uh, with Najee Harris, excuse me. I think that's the problem that I'm reaching here. Do you agree with that at least or see that argument? So the way that, that Erickson's talking about the, the Texans backfield is kind of how I view Pittsburgh. I'm not worried about Damian, Damian Pierce's job because he is better than the backup behind him for inefficiency metrics, talent, all that kind of stuff. But if you look at Pittsburgh, all of the efficiency metrics for Jalen Warren have been better than Najee Harris. And I think Jalen Warren can cut into that work because at the end of the day, if his if he's not going to play up to a level that is better than Jalen Warren, then Jalen Warren can get on the field. And that's where I look at both of these situations differently. I think Pierce is handily better as a NFL talent and his upside, especially walking into as a second year player than Devin Singletary, and I have more concerns about Najee Harris at this juncture of his career and holding on to that type of bell cow workhorse type of role when Jalen Warren, from everything I can look at on paper, has been better than Najee Harris was last year. Erickson, are you more concerned with Jalen Warren hurting Najee Harris or more concerned with Devin Singletary hurting Damian Pierce? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary had a higher PFF rushing grade than Damian Pierce did last year. You just said all the efficiency metrics. That's wrong. He had a better PFF rushing grade. So unless you want to throw that out the window. Hey, we totally what about yards after contact per attempt, Erickson? What about elusive ratings? What about okay, those? But you, said, you, said every single one? you said every single one? We're cherry picking one stat. I, 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 that's no, the stat you that just I said that nobody does that. That's no, we're doing that. No. I, I didn't say so- Damian Pierce was, was inferior to Devin Singletary in every way. That's what you said. But that's not true. Also, who's a better pass blocker? One. Devin Singletary was. Who catches more passes? For the first time in his career. Singletary. Versus a rookie. Are the Texans going to be running away with games? Is he going to be on the field on third down? Are you being too harsh on him because he's a rookie? But but here's the thing. Devin Singletary has been in the league a couple years. Also played on a very good football team last time I checked. That went to the playoffs a bunch. Are we going to hurt the guy who's a rookie too and say that he can improve in some of these metrics you're throwing out there? Being a rookie in his first season with some terrible situations around him? Like, Andrew, is there no room for Pierce to grow above some of these things that are in European deficits. Yeah, it's possible, but he also didn't have a lot of experience at the college level. He didn't play a lot in college. Okay. And last year, again, no competition at all. Like he was, had, he was yeah. going up against scrubs. And I'm just saying Devin Singletary is the veteran running back that teams love and trust because he's good in pass pro. No, he's not the most flashy running back, but he does his job. And we see this all the time. Last year with Samaj P. Ryan, this guy does his job, you know, brings his, uh, his lunch pail to work every day grinds it out, and that's Devin Singletary. Like, he's going to play, and this is a 49ers offensive scheme. How many times has it worked to draft the first 49ers running back? Tell me. It hasn't. Oh, And that's the situation here with Damian Pierce as the first running back from a 49ers system, just like Elijah Mitchell last year. It was a horrible pick. (laughs) And I think Barry Pierce is going to follow in similar footsteps and be a bust this year. So to say that Damian Pierce is a worse pass blocker is just looking at last year's metrics because – he was a better pass blocker than Devin Singletary and had a great acumen coming out of college with it. I mean, we're talking about in 
two or two of his four seasons at Florida, he had 73 or higher pass blocking grades. So he means 50% of the time he also didn't, though, because it was two out of four. So half the time he also was it's not. It's really hard good. to carry so over he... college stuff, though, into the pros, too. I think, look, this is an interesting conversation. It's a good debate. And I think it's one of those things that uh, I think is very polarizing. And this is why you come back to the ECR and you look at where Damian Pierce is, which is RB22 overall. And I think if you can get him as RB22 overall, you're mitigating a lot of that risk. And I think there's a lot of upside. At the end of the day, that's why the pick is good. So once again, you know, this is these are the debates. This is why we're here today. I want to debate about J.K. Dobbins next. Let's go. You've got him in the A tier, D-Bro. Uh, Erickson, I'm looking high and low. I'm looking for J.K. Dobbins. Oh, there he is. He's in the B tier as the sixth guy down the trough. So, Erickson, talk to me about your concerns with J.K. Dobbins in 2023 because everyone thinks that with the new weapons, the new OC, we're going to throw the ball more. I still think they're going to rush the ball quite a bit. It's still going to be a run-heavy offense. But what's your concern here with J.K. Dobbins? Is it health? Is it new OC? Is it a bunch of everything? Well, I mean, the fact that he's, like, not practicing is, like, not a good sign. I mean, like, what's it the never deal with him, like, with right him. now? I like, the fact that he's not there, they're installing a new offense. John Harbaugh's talking about how he'd like him to be there, but he's not. He's holding out for God knows. He has a zero. This guy hasn't even played a full season. He's like, you need to pay me right now. Like, I feel for all these other running backs, like a Josh Jacobs, who I really do think deserves to be paid. But J.K. Dobbins, like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, God, like you haven't been more efficient than Gus Edwards has been. So why would the Ravens be like, all right, got to get to the guy, go to the bank to pay J.K. Dobbins. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, show me that you can play a full season first before we're going to end up re-signing you or paying you a long-term contract. So that's one concern I have for him. And the other reasons, okay, he doesn't catch passes. Like, that's not going to change. Like, I don't care what lip service they're going to talk about. Lamar doesn't throw the ball to running backs. There are better receivers that he would rather throw the ball to. So there's no mm -hmm. receiving upside for me with Dobbins. And, you know, what if the Ravens are just like, you know what? we're kind of fed up with this Dobbins drama. Like we're just going to give the ball to Gus Edwards who like averages five, five yards per carry every single time he plays. And he just ends up being the running back one for the Ravens. I think Dobbins is better than Gus Edwards, but do the Ravens think that Dobbins is so much better than Gus Edwards that they're not going to incorporate more of a split to keep Dobbins healthier, which has been his issue. That Those are my concerns. I was much higher on Dobbins earlier in the off season because I thought he was locked and loaded as that RB one. As was I. I. I'm glad you said that. kind of like the kind of reading what's happening at Ravens camp right now. It's like, is that the case anymore? Like how excited are they this guy? And he's not there at practice. It's like, dude, like what's the deal here? Is, is he hurt? Like, I, I don't know. Like he should be healthy, but I just have more question marks and I'm trying to figure out where, okay, if I don't take Dobbins is, is he going to burn me? The guy that doesn't catch passes, can't stay healthy, hoping scores a bunch of touchdowns. Like Gus Edwards could score just as many touchdowns and he's a 15th round pick. So that's kind of why I've cooled on Dobbins. I've downgraded Dobbins in my rankings too. Debro, have you done the same recently? Because I feel like we were all kind of cautiously mm -hmm. optimistic and now it seems to be going in the other direction. I bumped him down a little bit and, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not going to drop him further at this stage of camp when we're just now, I mean, we're looking at the hall of fame game right now and it's not even week one of the preseason. Do I have concerns? Yes. Um, if this continues to, uh, simmer through the preseason like we're getting mm -hmm. to week one week two of the preseason and jk dobbins is still holding out yes i'm going to drop him in my ranks uh, unequivocally i still have him ranked where i have him because at this point in juncture and training camp we still saw jk dobbins was in the building in the offseason ota stuff like that you know he's he has not been there and that is a big concern 
but I still think we have time to sit here and write that ship. If it keeps going the way it's going, I will absolutely be dropping J.K. Dobbins in my ranks further. Yeah, Dobbins right now with the ECR is 19. I'm looking at fantasybros.com. Mm-hmm. Akers is 20. Madison's 21. I think I'd have Dobbins behind those two guys. And maybe even, you know, Pierce is in that range too. So now we have to really have that question. Again, I like all these guys. I like doubling up in this territory mm-hmm. as a heavy wide receiver build person. But these are some really interesting conversations we're having about these running backs because I think this is that zone where if you misstep with the wrong guy in the wrong round and some of these tier A through B, almost C guys, if you're looking at Erickson's list, it could really set you back. And I think this is a very important thing. And the other thing that's very important too, and we always talk about winners here on the show and what it takes to win, preparation's a big key to that. So planning is key to everyday life too. And a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you pay nothing. And you can become a member today at Air MedCare Network for just $99 for the entire year. And right now, our listeners, they get up to $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use that offer code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS, one word, no spaces. So make financial peace of mind part of your game plan. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros and use the offer code fantasy pros no matter where you are in the game of life an air medcare network membership is the protection you can't live without let's talk about some of the guys that we can't live without that next year uh andrew erickson let's talk about travis atn uh, a player that is very divisive here in terms of where we think he ranks uh you've got him all the way in the a tier uh of course Derek brown lower on travis atn he's got him in the b tier so erickson why should people be drafting Travis Etienne in your ranks above guys like Derrick Henry, Jameer Gibbs, and Najee Harris, all of which I know I like more than Etienne? Sell me. Well, he plays on the Jaguars offense, who we're all excited about. Am I wrong? Like, we just talked about the Titans offense. Be excited about them. I mean, I'm yes. not. I'm, the Jaguars are the favorites to win the division and to crush everybody. I mean, everybody. I'm excited about the Bengals offense, but I'm not excited about Joe Mixon. So by that logic... You know, I can offset what you're saying here. Why Travis Etienne specifically? What's his role, in your opinion, in this offense with that's now added Calvin Ridley, a very dangerous weapon? Well, I think that Travis Etienne is a good football player. Like, what did he do last year in his first full NFL season as a running back after missing his rookie year with an injury? He, he put up a Jonathan Taylor like rookie season, essentially. And we just don't even <laughs> care. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy was just like super efficient as a rusher, super explosive. And all we can talk about is like, oh, he didn't catch enough passes because all the receivers stayed healthy. And, oh, he didn't score enough touchdowns because he ran bad in the red zone. Like, that's where we're, we're nitpicking again. I Like, he wasn't, he didn't meet our, un these expectations that were him coming out of college when, oh, he was this prolific pass catcher. So, for me, I just think that, look at his rushing. He was a super efficient rusher, and he's entering year three, super young player, on an ascending offense. He's still the RB1. You can look at all the reports. Yeah, Tank Bigby, oh, he scored a red zone rushing touchdown. Yeah, it also says in the article that Travis Etienne is still the RB1 on the team. Like, still says it in the same article. So, for me, I'm buying the dip with whatever Tank Bigsby causes Travis Etienne. I hope he falls in round five. Please, push him down. All right. Is there a round uh, for you, Derek Brown, where you become interested in Travis Etienne, where you think it's a good investment? Because clearly there's a difference in terms of where you see him and where Andrew sees him. (sighs) 
is there a round where I become interested in Travis Etienne? Yes, well, there okay. is. But the problem is, is that it's probably way after consensus in the sense like I've got him at That's ranked at uh, 62nd overall right now. And so I'm probably not going to get a lot of Travis Etienne and that's fine. But I, you know, I want to be below consensus on Travis Etienne. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's not so much a round as it is focusing on him and, and a player like Kenneth Walker. We have in, in my mind, we have concerns or questions about other running backs taking away their work. Then there it's more of like a build question. What does my roster look like? Do I need to sit here and lean into I, Did I build wide receiver heavy and now do I want to take a shot on an upside running back? So it's not so much like the round because I think based off of my ranks, I'm probably not going to get a lot of ETN, but some roster builds where I'm looking at like, is he the later maybe hero RB or something to attach to a roster? That's where I probably would go with Travis ETN. ETN Let's talk about Pierce. ETN Pierce. Pierce. That me. Oh, let's Pierce. go, Steve, bro. Pierce. Yeah, easy. Let's ETN, go. let's go. Any, I'll take any that. Any score you want. I will what, take what that. What you want, Joe? Fantasy points per game. Let's go. I'm oh, just going for that. I'm doing total, like, total uh, points. Come on. Don't do total. That's a function of oh, health. Because Pierce couldn't finish the season that. last year? You're, you're better, better, than that. better than that. Wow. <laughs> he threw, you know, Derek's apparent when he says things like, you're better than that. You know, he has. <laughs> I'm not mad. Kid. I'm just disappointed. Joe, Eric, you want this <laughs> on this action? <laughs> ETN? Pierce? I'm going to be on the ETN side. I hate piling up on you, but I'm going to put my chips into what? I'm putting my chips on the ATN side with the Jags offense, even though I am a little concerned about how much is going to be there for him. I do think he is still the guy, quote unquote. So, um, yeah, interesting conversation. I want to have a conversation about Javante Williams because this is a guy I think all of us have pressed in the ranks. And now Mm -hmm. he is creeping back up. He's crept into the last spot, the eighth spot in the B tier for you, Derek Brown. And he's all the way at the top spot, number one spot in the C tier for you, Andrew Erickson. So obviously the collective consciousness is starting to change here a little bit on Javante Williams, which I think is right. We didn't think he would be ready this quick. Mm-hmm. I know there's still a lot of weeks to prepare here, but Debro, it feels like the value for Javante Williams that existed is now starting to dissipate. And now we have to pay very close attention to how much we want to take on a guy coming off an ACL injury in terms of draft capital. And the ACL injury is a real thing. We saw Dobbins struggle with it last year. We're hearing rumors about Dalvin Cook maybe coming in there to help out Brees Hall and kind of ease him back in. But Javante's like, nah, bro, I'm good. Let's go out there. I want to play week one. I want to play all the preseason. Debro, when does it get to a dicey situation in terms of rank? <sighs> I, I've been slowly moving Javante up because all the every positive report we keep getting, and, and if those keep coming, then I'm going to have to keep moving him up. Now, I, I've got, I mean, I've already moved Javante up from like in the RB 30s, like high RB 30s. So he's up to RB 26 for me right now. And I mean, the positive reports keep coming out, Joe. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to keep moving him up like low end RB two um, when it's all said and done. And, but that's the part where you get him into the range of, you know, uh, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne. Then that's the part where I'm like, eh, I don't know, man, like, or even David Montgomery. I think him versus David Montgomery is a really interesting conversation because split backfields, they're both going to have to deal with guys that are going to eat into the red zone work, how good are the offenses and things of that nature. I don't know if I could push him over David Montgomery, but it's going to get close to that point. All right. Uh, Erickson with Javante Williams. He's at the 27 spot in ECR and half PPR right now. He's behind Montgomery behind Pacheco. I would take Javante over those two guys right now. Would you over Montgomery and Pacheco? Yeah. 
because I'm also looking at not just the first six weeks of the season. I'm looking at the next seven after that. I'm looking at that playoff run. I'm looking at can Javante, even if it is a slow start and maybe some of this is overhype, I'm looking at the finish line here a little bit more. And I think that that's, that's the... That's the impetus for liking Javante Williams learning to move him up. If the health is already good now, that it could continue to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, I think that I would probably take him over those two guys and kind of hit on your point. Yeah. Like you're looking at end of the season, you know, Cam Akers had a strong end of the season after he was literally dust at the beginning. J.K. Dobbins was yeah. dust at the beginning and they were able to finish the season strong. But I think with Javante too, it's like he's still going to be in a committee. Like he's been a committee back his entire football career. Going back to UNC with Michael Carter going back to his healthy games played with the Denver Broncos. He had that one game where Melvin Gordon missed and he went off and that's it. Like every other game he's been splitting carries and it's going to be the same thing with Samashe Piran. So that's something to keep in mind. Like, I don't think Javante has this like top five running back upside that we kind of thought we could potentially see from him last year with that one game. Like he's going to be committed back, even if he is healthy and how explosive he will be, is probably going to be something you bank on at the end of the season versus at the beginning, because he's coming off an injury. Even if he's healthy, quote unquote, to play, doesn't mean he's 100% to actually be at his top game. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to ask you this question, too. In the C tier, as we move on here, so we've moved on from the, you know, the AB guys. Now we're in the C tier of guys. Debro's got Rashad White and Rashad Penny back to back, the fourth spot and the fifth spot in this tier. You have Rashad White, Erickson, in the B tier and Rashad Penny all the way in the D tier. So I know who you would rather have. Uh, but why such a giant gap between those two guys when you have Rashad Penny, who, again, deep metrics like him, a lot of the efficiency metrics like him, he has done nothing when healthy but perform, and now you're dropping him into the Eagles' offensive line with how prolific they were running the football last year. Why is Penny so low and so far away from a guy like Rashad White, who could be playing with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield this year? Because Rashad White is, is going to be a bell cow, three-down bell cow that is super, super cheap, catches passes, it's explosive, and I found that running backs that get volume, that's how you overcome bad offenses. And mm -hmm. bad offenses also mean a lot of checkdowns to running backs. Like, Tom Brady wasn't throwing the ball to running backs because that's his favorite thing to do. It's because this is what the offense dictated. Now, it's not mm -hmm. going to be the total volume that it was necessarily last year, but we had nope. one game of Rashad White without Leonard Fournette last year. The guy had over 20 touches, played a 90% snap share. We are obsessed about these types of running back performances. And Rashad White, his RB24, goes in like the sixth round. Super explosive second round running back. He's a better pass catcher than Damian Pierce. Like, and he's going to play in an offense that's going to be trailing in games, catching passes. Like, that's what I want for fantasy. So that's why I love yeah. Rashad White. Alvin Kamara met with the league office yesterday. We're all expecting some sort of suspension to happen. Maybe it's two games, maybe it's four, maybe it's six. We don't know yet. Uh, Alvin Kamara for you is still a B tier running back. I see that Derek Brown in terms of where Erickson has him. He has him as a C tier running back. So uh, Debro, let's talk a little bit because I feel like the ECR is telling us at RB 28, he's a flex guy for you. It seems like he's more of an RB two selection you're confident in. So talk to me about Kamara's value right now, currently in this climate where we're still a bit unsure about his future. I mean, when Alvin Kamara comes back, I don't have any questions about what his role is going to be. He's going to be the unquestioned passing down guy. He's also going to factor into the red zone. He's got red zone regression primed to happen. I mean, last year, yes, he only had about a 40% share of that, somewhere in the mid-40s off the top of my head. But the year prior to that, 61%. So we got touchdown regression coming. I know that a lot of his efficiency metrics dipped last year. But a similar conversation like what Erickson's talking about with Rashad White, I think Alvin Kamara, like... We don't, none of us are forecasting that he gets a six or eight game suspension. Maybe that happens. 
But the way that I'm looking at it, if he misses four games, that's not going to push him down enough to where I'm not going to sit here and be getting a solid RB2 when he returns to the lineup. And yes, I understand Kendra Miller's talented and Jamal Williams is there as well. Kamara is still going to have a lockdown on the passing downs because as good as Kendra is, we didn't see a ton of passing down work from him at TCU and stuff or the flash of that similar type of pass game ceiling like an Alvin Kamara. And so with Kamara, I just think like I'm not going to downgrade him because maybe he gets suspended for two to four games. That's not enough to push him down my board considering the running backs that once he's back, he's going to be up against in weekly ranks. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to talk about some of these guys in the later tiers, the D tier, the F tier. I'm going to give you a name. You tell me if you're investing or staying away because these guys, again, are in the lower ranks for the guys, and I know they kind of have different ideas about these players. So I'll give you the name. You tell me, uh, yes, you're investing with them. No, you're not at the current ADP. A.J. Dillon, D-Bro, yes or no? No. Andrew Erickson, A.J. Dillon. Yes. Okay, next guy on the list here. Uh, uh, let's bring up Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the 39th running back going off the board. Just for clarity, A.J. Dillon was a 32nd. Jamal Williams, Erickson, are you investing in him, yes or no? Yes. Derek Brown? No. Because you like Kamara, right? That's the reason. Because like, I like Kamara, and if yeah. I'm going to invest in, a, in the second running back in this backfield, I'd rather take a shot on Kendra Miller. All right, here's one. I want you to pick between the two. Khalil Herbert currently... Uh, obviously going a little ahead, he is at RB36. Roshan Johnson going a little bit later, obviously. He is going all the way down at RB56. Who is the better investment this year in 2023? Derek Brown, is it Roshan or is it Khalil Herbert? Go. Roshan. Roshan later, why? Because he's a full down, he's a complete back. Passing downs, all of it. And he can break tackles just as good, if not better, than Khalil Herbert. All right, for you, Andrew, which guy do you want? Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson? Obviously, there's a pretty good gap between them still. Khalil Herbert for me. Okay, Khalil Herbert for you. Why? Well, he's not hurt right now, so Roshan Johnson <laughs> is injured. So just want to throw that out there. And uh, Khalil Herbert's balled out in the NFL already. We've already seen what he can do at the NFL level, and all he's done has been a fantasy RB1 when he's gotten the opportunity to do so. I love Roshan in Dynasty, but in redraft, I think I'm a little bit more Herbert because Herbert's coming off that you know, a pretty good season too. Whenever he gets the ball, he always performs. I'm kind of with you. I think Roshan's more of a 24 guy. All right, last one. Uh, I know health is an issue now with Zach Charbonnet. Kendra Miller, uh, another guy too. These are two rookie running backs. Who would you rather invest in right now, Andrew, between those two guys? Is it rather Kendra Miller at his current ADP or would you rather have at 50 or would you rather have uh, going back to Zach Charbonnet at RB40? So 10 different here. Uh, a big gap once again. Would you rather have Charbonnet as the 40th running back off the board, or would you rather wait and go the other route with Kendra Miller at the 50th RB off the board? Kendra Miller, 100%. Kendra Miller. How about for you? Uh, I see you nodding. You would agree. Is that correct, Derek Brown? Yep. Give me Kendra Miller. Okay. So look at that. After all that arguing over Damian <laughs> Pierce, we ended on a note where everybody's happy together again. That's what I like to see. See, we can fight and still all... Enjoy ourselves talking fantasy football at the end of the day. And if you need more help with the rankings, obviously you go over to fantasybros.com slash rankings. You can check them out there. You could also turn the rankings of the guys. If you agree with one more than the other, or if you want a hybrid between Derek Brown, Andrew Erickson, and even myself or any expert for that matter, who does rankings at fantasy pros, use the cheat sheets over on draft wizard, fantasybros.com slash draft wizard. 
That way you can get the best of all the rankings consensus and then go out there and have the best drafts possible. You can even work your draft muscles with all the mock drafts we got going on the Draft Wizard as well. Run simulations or go drawing some mock drafts that are happening. And of course, we want to thank our sponsors from today's show as well, including Air Medcare Network. Use that promo code FANTASYPROS and visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash fantasypros today. And you get that gift card when you do. And if you are looking to upgrade your fantasy experience, we want you to do that over at Fantrax. Fantrax.com slash fantasypros. They have the most customizable tools on the planet to help you create the best league, whether it be for football or anything else. Fantrax has you covered, and those leagues run 365. So go check out Fantrax and that commissioner tool as well. It's free. It's awesome. Again, Fantasy Pros, excuse me, Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros and free stuff. Don't forget about the free stuff. Christian Kirk jersey we're giving away. All you have to do is comment below on the video. You tell us in the debate who you like more in all the debates we've had here at the running backs. Drop some names to us. Drop some comments below and subscribe to the channel. And you might just win that autographed Christian Kirk jersey. How about that? Courtesy of bettingpros.com. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Derek Brown and Andrew Erickson, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.